0: Welcome to The Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast, where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World, welcome to the latest episode of A Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. My name is Mike Delisio. I'd like to welcome you to the episode this week, and I am once again joined by Sebastian Dennison. Over Zoom, So, we apologize for any type of audio latency or any type of delay, but I think we're going to be able to manage quite well, Sebastian, since we're becoming pros at this.
1: Oh, man, this is going to be a fun one. Um, I'm actually looking at the Zoom call. I can see our guests. They're raring to go. I'm raring to go. Let's do this.
0: So, uh, without further ado, we, uh, we had the ability to record with two amazing individuals from our PCCA marketing department. And we highlighted the importance of social media marketing in episode 43. Uh, Due to the overwhelming response of that episode, and we we had a feeling it was going to be quite popular given the fact that there were so many individuals throughout the course of the pandemic that have been asking us more and more about establishing a social media presence and improving the marketing efforts of independent community pharmacy in order to increase their outreach to their patients in a time where foot traffic and face-to-face contact was slowly declining uh nevertheless we are joined today by sarah and ashley and they're going to be able to walk us through hopefully a continuation of where we left off the last time i believe that you know our podcast setting is limited to maybe 35 45 minutes we probably could have gone on for a few hours and i know a lot of our listeners truly appreciated the fact that we were covering such great topics and giving them a lot of good foundational information to get started. So Sarah, Ashley, welcome back. Um, I know we probably have a lot more to cover today and we are excited to have you guys both back on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, we're excited excited to be here.
0: here. (laughs) I know you guys do a great job on promoting Mortar and Pestle as a whole in terms of what we do. Um, And it's, it's great to have you guys on board. So, you know, thinking back of where we left off the last time, you know, we really got into foundational basics of what to do and how to create either a Facebook or Instagram account, how to truly maximize the value of that social media presence. We spoke a lot about what specific individuals and members had been doing. I know what What's amazing about what Ashley does as a social media coordinator is that she's truly engaged and actively involved with a lot of our members because she sees what they're doing. Um, They follow us, we follow them, and we see some incredible things. So Ashley, I guess the first thing I will ask you is, you know, what's changed over the last few months since we recorded last? And where have you really seen people take off and, and truly expand their presence and engage with their patients?
2: Um, thank you. First, I want to say thank you to all the people that engaged with our video um, that we highlighted in the last podcast. And since that um, podcast uploaded, I do want to say that a lot more pharmacies have actually tagged us in our posts, and we love seeing those posts, because one, we like them, too, so we exchange the engagement, and um, we kind of get to see what other companies are doing. And one shout out that I do want to give out to is People's Rx. They do a great job of showcasing their employees and their community. Um, And we see all their posts on Instagram, which is really great.
3: I think where we've really seen people take off, like Ashley is saying, is in reaching out to other companies. So people have been tagging us, which is great because then we reciprocate and we share. But people have really started reaching out to other companies in their geographic areas as well. And just tagging other social media accounts in your posts and in your stories, it does so much for boosting your engagement because then you're drawing in not only someone else who can help amplify your post, but you're drawing in their audience as well. So I know, Ashley, I think we've seen some of our members shit, like tagging local restaurants in their communities as they're supporting those and maybe some other examples.
2: Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I definitely, I think there was a takeout Tuesday that was kind of getting popular on Instagram and it was great to see that the community pharmacies were also um, participating in that and sharing on their stories, um, which when you do share on your stories, it's the first um, engagement that you see when you log on to Instagram, which is really cool. So sometimes before you start scrolling and like putting your thumb up and going through all that entire feed, you're going to go through the stories. And um, I personally do that myself and I kind of see all the cool things that the community pharmacies are doing either behind the scenes where they're showing um, like milling I've seen, which is really cool. They'll put like some colored powder in there and then the cream will start turning like quickly turning blue. Um, I've seen capsule fills on there as well. And then also it's just, it seems more personal. Like it's something that they're like, Oh, we have to share this, but maybe they've already posted on their timeline. Cause we do suggest that like you post like once a day. For a post, but like your story lives for 24 hours and you can post as much as you want. Um, I wouldn't say like post exactly the 100, which is the allowed amount, because sometimes people get <laughs> exhausted when they see like the long strip of like stories. But share things that you think is like personal, um, kind of showcasing your pharmacy and the cool things that you do.
3: Yeah, so I think um, stories have definitely, we've seen them take off, especially during the pandemic. And I would say that this, even though use of stories on both Facebook and Instagram are kind of taking off among our membership, they're also still a really untapped opportunity. So we've seen some people leveraging them really well and using them really well, but they still aren't used that often, and like Ashley said, when you open up your Facebook app or your Instagram app on your phone, the story row is the first thing that you see. So it's really that first point of contact that you have with social media users and followers. And I think that that's just, it's right there in their face. It's your initial opportunity to interact with them, but it also, as Ashley was saying, is really personal because it allows you just to take a quick photo or a quick video and not have to do any post-production. It's even less refined than people expect their feed to be. And it just kind of lets you build that personal connection with your followers. I guess I'll turn this over to Sebastian because I'm kind of wondering if Seb knows what a story is.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. That made I my know. Day. I know my social media account presence is weak and my understanding is weak. And so it was actually going to be that first question. Oh, okay. So tell me about the story. Cause I've seen this. And I'm kind of like, Oh, what do I do with this? How do I actually engage with that? And you said I can take some photos, but I've seen some people put in like captions and, and it's very raw and it's kind of interesting. So I, I, I guess a better question is how would I utilize that in, you said in a very fast format?
3: Yeah. So I think that there's, um, two different ways that Ashley was kind of touching on. And Ashley, can you kind of dive into, you know, posting a story that's formatted to be a story and then sharing a post to your story? Because I think those are two different uses of that, of this option.
2: So sharing, um, sharing a story onto your story, that sounds very odd. But whenever you're to share a story, like you see something in the pharmacy and you're like, oh, I really want to share this. You go ahead and go to your Instagram app or your Facebook. They're both, um, Instagram is interlinked to Facebook. So if you already linked your profile, your business profile, you can post it two different places at the same time. So it's very efficient that way. Um, Just make sure that you're oriented to where, like, it's going to be in a portrait mode. So make sure that you're oriented first and foremost before you snap the photo or take the video. And then once you take the video, Instagram already has, like, all these little widgets that you can add. You can add text. You can even say, like, ask me a question. You can even do polls on there, which is really awesome. And then once you post that to your story, it just lives there. And it's quick analytics, which I really like. Because I can go back and look at my stories and see how many people have seen it and actually seen who's engaged with my profile. And you can kind of see over time, like, who are your main engagement people that you see? And sometimes I like to go back to those profiles and, like, like a lot of their photos to give them engagement back. So it's kind of just like keeping up with your stories and it kind of gives you an idea of like, oh, what am I going to post or what I see that's trending? Yeah, so
3: a couple of, I guess, key differences between stories and posts too that Ashley was touching on with engagement and with analytics, they are almost, it's almost like two completely different social media platforms all in the same app. So you have your feed, which is what you scroll through vertically, and um, kind of how people are used to using the Instagram and Facebook app on mobile. And then you have stories, which are, they're not brand new, but they are a newer option on these apps. And the stories don't allow comments. They don't allow likes in the typical sense that you think of as a post. They do allow other forms of engagement where Ashley mentioned that you can ask people to answer a question. You can also do like a quick yes or no poll. Um, These are called stickers that you can add to your story. And they're pre formatted by Instagram or Facebook. And you may have seen some of these in different versions. I know one that I see on Instagram a lot is like a little sliding bar with the heart eyes emoji where people can kind of like tell you what they think of your story. And these are, these are different forms of engagement, but I think they're still very important to your social strategy because the people that you reach on your story might be very different from the people that you reach just scrolling through your feed. So you're kind of optimizing your potential reach by, by creating content for both of these groups of people. How people consume that content is up to them And I know um, another way that we use stories at PCCA is just by creating a post like we normally would and then sharing that post to our story. And this is a prime example of really targeting both of these groups of social media users. So you're using the same piece of content in both places. And to do that on Instagram, you just click the share button. And for those of you who use Instagram, you know that sharing options are extremely limited. So it allows you pretty much to either send it as a direct message to someone or share it to your story.
0: You know, Sarah, one thing that um, stands out to me is that I know we just, uh, we had a chance to discuss our marketing resources page the last time we we all met. And I'm also thinking of, you know, when we create our social media content and we create stories, how how do we position ourselves or do we really keep the followers in mind as well knowing that they potentially might share a story to story and i know it sounds funny but it it's really the the only terminology that i could probably reference is sharing a story to story and do we keep that top of mind knowing that our followers might repost a lot of the stuff that we create as content as well
3: yeah that's a great question so some of the things that we post to our social media they are geared toward our members as the audience. So it's an update on something related to membership or it's a link to the formula database. But some of it is about national health observances or similar content that would be interesting to patients or doctors. And I think um, maybe in a second, Ashley can talk a little bit more about national health observances specifically because that is kind of a recurring theme on the marketing resources page. But everything that's available to download on the marketing resources page is, first of all, free for PCCA members. So we have an entire section of this page dedicated to social media graphics and captions that you can download for free. But everything there is geared toward patients or doctors as an audience. It's written as if it's coming from a pharmacy. So it's not so much like it's coming from PCCA. Um, and I, like I just mentioned, national health observances are a key topic here. And Ashley, do you want to talk a little bit about how we use those and how the members can use those?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that link is on our marketing resources page as well. Um, but if you'd like to visit, it's going to be health.gov, and that will have the national health observances, and they'll actually link them to the page that it is referring to. Um, like I know this month is National Immunization Month and we also have flu season coming up. So I know that like we personally are going to be highlighting some uh, some flu season highlights that our members have done over the past year. Um, but with that, I mean, you can find so much content of what you're going to post and kind of make yourself relevant because usually those health observances, if they're very popular, they're going to have hashtags which are going to populate Um, which I know that we touched on hashtags in the past episode as well. But when you add that hashtag to that certain post, it populates to whenever someone is searching about it or um, looking for content related to that.
3: Yeah, so Ashley just gave all of you pharmacies who are listening an inside scoop into what she's planning to share coming up. Flu season and immunization posts. So if you wanna be featured on PCCA story, maybe start posting some immunization or voice using content.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I've got a question like, and, and being like thinking like, oh, I'm gonna post. A lot of people just throw stuff up. Do you, are you seeing people kind of plan out their posts uh, a couple of weeks in advance or even months in advance? And is that what you do? And do you storyboard it before you put it up? Like, do you have a a bit more of a plan as opposed to something super raw, like a picture of a dog and being like, look, Ellie came in today and we gave her treats. Like how much thought are you putting into these and, and, or do you do a mixture?
2: I think it's a mixture for, uh, well, we definitely plan, but for community pharmacies, I definitely think it could be a mixture. Uh, Like you said, like, I love seeing photos of animals at the, compounding pharmacies, because I'm just like, that is so neat that they get to see animals on their job. Like, that's a dream, right? But um, when stuff like that happens, and like people bring their pets in, that's a great opportunity. Those are like spur of the moment. But um, for like health awarenesses, like we know that in the upcoming months, we're going to have breast cancer awareness month, or pain awareness month, like stuff like that, you can plan ahead. And especially if you specialize in that type of compounding. I would definitely look for the national health observances that pertain to your pharmacy particularly and then focus on those whenever that comes. And maybe even plan like two to three posts for that month showcasing like what you can do because there's such a wide range of what a pharmacy can do for let's say like dermatology or pain management. Because I know that I'm learning every day and I'm just like, wow, there's more than Just that type of medication like there's many there's different ranges
3: yeah and I think that's a great question Sebastian about like how much do I plan how much do I do spur of the moment and I think this discussion that we're having of hosts versus stories really helps in that sense too because I know at PCCA of course we try to plan ahead we meet once a month and we plan out the next month and a half of content But things change, especially right now. I think everyone just needs to be really flexible because COVID is constantly changing things and we're having to adapt at a rapid pace. But I think that where you can find a pretty good balance is dedicating your posts to a plan and dedicating your stories to these spur of the moment things that come up. Because again, stories are more in the moment. They're more behind the scenes and they don't necessarily need to be planned out. Although you can plan certain things like we usually use our story to say happy holidays, happy 4th of July, things like that. Um, But I think that's where you can find a really great balance. And to Ashley's point about kind of framing your plan for posts around the national health observance when it relates back to something your pharmacy can help with, I know we're talking about social media, but I think this can really help with your entire marketing strategy. National health observances are a great place to start. I've heard of some members using them to feed social content, but also email marketing content, bag stuffers, all kinds of pharmacy, like pharmacy communications kind of stem from this same shared topic.
1: So could you say that one more time, national health observances, and where would I find that information?
2: At health.gov. Easy (laughs) peasy.
1: I know we're spelling things out, but remember, you're talking to people like me. Like, (laughs) we need hand-holding extraordinary level, so...
0: I always thought it was far more complex in terms of where to find this stuff. I didn't realize it was health.gov. So I'll repeat it yeah. for the sake of our audience just so they're able to, to locate some of these days because it is really important and they'll notice it on our social media as well in case they ever do miss something. Um, we, we obviously pay very close attention to it and it's something that is more of a call to action for pharmacists and physicians. So why not?
3: Yeah, and to really drive it home, again, the marketing resources page for PCCA members, a lot of the graphics and the captions that you're able to download from the social media post section are based around these health observances. So you don't even really need to start from scratch, you have a starting place with PCCA.
1: So we've been talking about all of these. Okay. I'm going to put up a story. I'm going to put up a post. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this. I think we've talked about this a little bit. How do you start boosting this stuff? Cause I always hear about this boosting, boosting, boosting. And I know we touched upon it, but I'd like to get a little bit more um, info because this is where people should be at this point. Like we're a couple of, you know, we're a couple of weeks removed from that original discussion now people are saying like okay how do i make it visible how do i boost it how do i get more uh, value out of my stories and my posts
3: yeah and i think kind of the first place that you need to start if you're thinking about putting some ad dollars behind your posts which is kind of what sebastian means when he says boosting is looking at the content that you're trying to promote so this is kind of an area where i've seen quite a few PCCA members stumble or get put in what's called lovingly called Facebook jail because they try to advertise or boost a post that contains claims or contains some sort of violation of Facebook's policies and Facebook's policies are not exactly fair they don't always make sense so it's it's kind of difficult to Guess what they are. And I recommend that everyone who's looking at developing paid ads as part of their social strategy on Facebook and Instagram because it's owned by Facebook checks out the Facebook policies and reads Four sections in particular, and I'm just pulling them up now so I can tell you the updated numbers. So if you go to facebook.com slash policies slash ads you can see an overview of all of their prohibited and restricted content and a whole bunch of other details that you don't really need to dig into. Um, But there's a left sidebar and there's a tab called prohibited content and there's a tab called restricted content. And what I would direct community pharmacies to are number five and six under each of these sections. So under prohibited content, number five is drugs and drug related products. This includes all drugs, both illegal and prescription. So you can't can't promote any type of prescription drug on Facebook or Instagram. Number six under prohibited content is unsafe supplements. And anything that's not FDA approved is considered unsafe by Facebook or Instagram. So unfortunately we can't, promote as in put ad dollars behind any type of supplements for the most part that pharmacies are selling. Then under restricted content, you have number five, which is online pharmacies. You cannot promote the sale of prescription pharmaceuticals. So you can't link to a page on your website that only sells supplements or pharmaceuticals. And then number six is promotion of over the counter drugs. So if you put that phrase over the counter in your caption, you will get flagged and your ad will not be approved or it will be approved and taken down later. So this is kind of the framework for community pharmacies advertising on Facebook and Instagram. And I know some people might be hearing this and thinking, oh my gosh, what can I even advertise? There's no point. But there is a point and I think that this is really just a challenge, but also an opportunity to be creative and to really share the value that personalized medicine as a whole brings to to social media users. So if you follow PCCA, you'll see Ashley and I phrase a lot of captions as personalized medicine may be able to help, compounding may be able to help. Here's this, this type of or specialty of compounding, dermatology, that's very broad. We're not digging in specifically to any type of disease state, but we're just broadly phrasing um, where compounding may be able to help. And then we're trying to start a conversation. So I think that's kind of the mindset that you need to be in when you're ready to start putting ad dollars behind your posts, is you want to communicate the value of personalized medicine and you want to start a conversation with an individual. Um, as far as actually implementing the ads, Ashley, do you want to take it from there and talk about boosting versus ads manager?
2: Yes, so definitely boosting. If you see, um, I definitely suggest boosting any post that you see, whatever, after you post gets high engagement after the first 24 hours. Like, let's say like, wow, this really got a lot of engagement. You can go ahead and press, there's a little boost post button that will be on the right hand side. And you can go ahead and press that and it'll automatically boost it for you. And you can set it as um, you, community pharmacies. I would suggest that you set it to like your, your area that you're in. So the city that you're in to, I get I think it gives you the city and age demographic, like right off the bat. so that's a really good way to like filter, but then you can also go into their interests as well. If you'd like to do that. Um, I'm all about making the, getting the most out of the dollar that you're spending. So um when you go into ads manager, which is something that you're gonna create an ad from scratch, I definitely would suggest if you have a like a smaller budget and I'm gonna give a ball pay, ballpark range of like five hundred dollars, stick to brand awareness. Um, because after that it's gonna ask you a lot and a lot of other questions and make your ad more personal um with the sizing as well as like who you're reaching to and what you're trying to get Um, with the brand awareness, it's actually gonna get the engagement that you're asking for with the numbers that you're looking for as well. Um, And I'm just gonna jump
3: in really quick because Ashley is referencing brand awareness. Um, This is a goal that you can select for your ad. So when when you boost or advertise on Facebook and Instagram, it will ask you what's your goal. So Ashley, can you share a couple of different goal options outside of brand
2: awareness? Yes, Um, you can do conversions which are like registrations for an event or um, you can do get more messages. That's one of the promotions that you can choose as well or get more button clicks or you can even get them to fill out a form. But to get someone to fill out a form is going to um, be a little be a little more costly, and, uh, but that's something that if you're considering getting, like you briefly touched about email marketing, that's a great way for a community pharmacy to start and also avoid talking about medications or any sort of um, things that are under the prohibited list.
3: Yeah, and I think get more messages is a great place for community pharmacies to start too because Then even though you're keeping the conversation in the social platform, so on Facebook or on Instagram, you're really, again, starting that one-on-one conversation with someone so that you can kind of dig into their interests and their needs. But as Ashley said, I think brand awareness is a really great default. It's just increasing knowledge of your company across the social platform.
2: And then I, I know that we've thrown a lot of links in here, But Facebook actually has a free resource um, that you can look into, and it gives you the starting blocks of how to create an ad. And with this, it's kind of like a little secret, but whenever you get started with this, you actually get linked with someone with Facebook who will walk you through your ads with you, which is awesome. Because they'll actually tell you, like – they'll help you create look-alike audiences, which is a great help because that actually niches down your people that you're trying to reach, the patients that you're trying to reach. Um, so that link is going to be facebook.com slash business slash learn. I wish we can say like it's down below. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One day, Ashley.
2: <laughs> I know.
0: On our next video edition of the podcast. Uh, you guys, like, this is the the funny thing about this topic is that you can start going down bunny holes and bunny trails yeah. and just not stop. And and I think you guys have done a good job summarizing some of the more key points. I think a lot of our audience is probably going to view this as more of an advanced episode because it's probably considerations and and tactics that are not necessarily normally practiced day to day without having somebody designated at the pharmacy worrying about all this stuff if you were to pick, you know, maybe two or three things that are the biggest takeaways for those that are listening and those that heard the first episode in episode 43 and now they're here. um, And then also taking into consideration some of the questions that you guys get. I think that has also increased since we've done our virtual marketing and sales symposium in the month of June, I believe. And then that carry over with the, the follow up with this podcast and and gaining more traction and creating more awareness around social media marketing um since then it's been pretty obvious that you ha- you've had a lot of new requests you've had a lot of new inquiries you know what what are the big takeaways for our audience and where do you think that people should be dedicating at least kind of the 80 20 rule 80 percent of their attention to make sure that they're maximizing their value for what they've accomplished and what they're creating
3: yeah, so I'll, I'll just kick off with I guess my top two. So I think the first one would definitely be to look at stories almost as an extra channel or develop a strategy for how you plan to use stories on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so we talked quite a bit about how you, some ideas for that, um, how you can start implementing that. And then my second one, I think, Ashley briefly mentioned, we didn't dig in too much, but to really, if you're advertising on Facebook or Instagram to really look into custom audiences and look alike audiences, just to target your ad dollars as closely as you can. So for those of you who do have an email list um, or some other customer list or customer database, you can actually import that into Facebook And Facebook can target your existing customers um, using that list. But then from there, you can actually grow potentially because Facebook can create what's called a lookalike audience from that list. They can study the people who are on that list, look at their interests, look at their behavior on social media, and then help identify other people who fit that same mold throughout their platform. So I think that's a great opportunity for growing brand awareness, as Ashley was saying, and just increasing your audience. So those are my two.
2: Yes, and I like just to add on to that, don't forget to turn on your Facebook pixel because the more ads that you do, the more learning opportunities that that Facebook pixel has and therefore you're spending your dollars correctly. You're not just promoting out into the wild, but it's actually going to the people that you're looking for from your email database, from the people that have engaged with your page. Um, So that's one of the takeaways for me. And then the second is national health observances. I think um, we touched upon that. Once again, it's uh, health.gov, very easy. And I think that could really generate great content for community pharmacies. So uh,
1: I'm going to ask a simple one, do we have any, examples of small pharmacies or or a small business that has got a really good sort of social media presence that we would recommend that people take a look at so they can really understand and go, okay, get it, as well as see that ad preference or that ad boosting sort of piece because I, like, I'm going to speak from my own position. Like, you're, you're telling me all these things, and I'm still a visual learner. I would love to see an example of this. Do we have someone that we can be like, hey, you should look at this? And I, I'm seeing someone off the top of my head. I'm just curious at who you have that you would say, here, go look at this, um, this site.
2: Um, if you, I know we touched on Instagram first. So, uh, the first Instagram account that comes to my mind is going to be People's RX, and they're located in Austin. And then on Facebook, I've really enjoyed um, following the Wellness Pharmacy. I think that's in Alabama. And they do a Friday feature of their employees, which I really enjoy. Like, every Friday, I'm like, oh, I wonder who they're highlighting this week. And it's kind of cool. Like, they're introducing their, their pharmacist or their pharmacy technician, but not like them in their, like, them as people like actually talking about like their families They're like oh that's cool that's very awesome so it kind of gives them like that family feel those are the two accounts that I can think of off the top of my head but there's so many like I will go through Instagram daily and look and I'm just like wow that's a really great how-to video yeah I think I can't think of a, the account name right now but they do a how-to Tuesdays and they kind of go through the different processes um milling I think was recently and then they uh, also did Trokies not too long ago as well, which was really cool to watch.
3: Yeah, and I will add to that, um, someone that we've really seen take social media and run with it during the pandemic is Oakdale Pharmacy. So they've created really fun like music videos um, around their how their pharmacy is changing policies to handle the virus. So whether they're requiring masks or social distancing, they're kind of turning these concepts into fun music videos and rewriting the words to popular songs, having the whole pharmacy staff dress up. So I think that's been a really um, cool and unique way to use social media during the pandemic. And I think that they're, I'm sure they're seeing the value because they're getting a lot of engagement on their posts. So I'm sure they'll continue their social strategy even after things get back to normal too.
2: And I I remember that we did see like a baby announcement as well from the compounding pharmacist, which was super cool. He did a gender reveal on his pharmacy. Mm
0: I think those are some amazing shout outs. And I, I probably would assume they would definitely appreciate the fact that know we're calling attention to what they're doing and they're obviously well well deserved of 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 that attention because it's amazing to see when people do such a great job and they do have an amazing following um in terms of what they're able to both accomplish by directing communication directly to their patients and then also you know the whole main goal of this is is getting a larger client audience when you think about your outreach and your expansion on social media, that is truly the number one goal. And if those are doing it right, it's, it's great to see them interact with us in a certain way as well. And I think even when it comes down to, to doing this podcast, there are certain episodes that I think are more clinical. And obviously this is very specific towards creating social media for pharmacies, but there are certain podcasts that might appeal to patients as well. Is there any, way that you would recommend that they would be able to promote mortar and pestle at the patient level, specifically when we focus on physicians and we discuss women's health?
3: Yeah, so I was recently on a um, marketing call with a concierge group, and we were talking about this similar topic, but as it relates to marketing to doctors. So I think absolutely there is a huge potential for leveraging PCCA's podcast and our blog for content that's geared toward doctors. And I think this is kind of where your planning and your strategy comes into play. You know, who's your primary audience? For some pharmacies, it's going to be patients. And for some, it's going to be prescribers and physicians. Um, There's a lot more opportunity to use these channels if your target audience are prescribers and physicians. And it's, It's great to be able to rely on this content because you can trust that we have vetted everything we're publishing through clinical review, through regulatory review. You don't have to worry about making claims. You can honestly just pull a quote from a podcast episode and trust that you're not sharing anything that will get you in trouble. Um, So you can really rely on PCCA doing the heavy lifting on that end as well as pulling the content together As far as patients go, I think, like you said, Mike, there are some both podcast episodes and blog posts that would relate to patients. So I know you might be more familiar with the episode numbers, but there is an episode featuring Saad Dino um, from Acton Pharmacy in Massachusetts that I think is great for patients to hear because he does such a tremendous job of sharing his passion for helping his community and that passion is shared by compounding pharmacists everywhere. Um, we also have an episode called, that's about compounding for women's health. I think there's one featuring Dr. Berkson and there's one featuring maybe Dr. Kabecka. Mm, yeah,
0: there's, types, there's a bunch.
3: Yeah, and I think I think honestly, any episode featuring a physician, like you said, would be good for a patient audience because Sometimes our, our clinical services team is so amazing and so knowledgeable, and Sebastian, I know you're a member of this team, and sometimes the content is so advanced that it's great for pharmacies, but it might be a little over the patient's head. Um, but any, That's I a fair statement. You know, <laughs> any episode featuring a doctor, I think, is a little bit more baseline, and of course, the doctors like speak in clinical terms, and they're referencing research and things like that, but they also are used to talking to patients all day. So they kind of have that, that mindset.
0: The ones that stand out to me, so you mentioned a lot of them. We're probably going to do a, just a quick review because if anybody wants to share this content, in my opinion, it's not dated. Um, even though we may have recorded them two years ago, they are extremely relevant because really not much has changed. It's, it's really focused on the passion that either a physician or a pharmacist has. And then the select audience and the patient demographic that it really appeals to. The ones that stand out to me, the Saw Dino one automatically, it's it's one of our first 10 podcasts. The episode with Sherry Kramer was pretty cool too. Um, Compounding for Pediatrics with Trish Heitman is episode 15. And that one will resonate really well with parents that, you know are dealing with certain pediatric issues for their kids and focusing on autism. And what are the opportunities out there? There's just That's a really touching episode as well. And then Dr. Quebeca, Dr. Carfora, Dr. Peters, Dr. Bergson, these are all episodes that you can kind of sort through on iTunes or on Spotify. Go look back at our previous 48, and you'll see when there's a physician involved or one of our members, they are going to be in a position to say it best. So it's it's really cool to focus on some of that content. And like I said, it is not dated. You can easily share that again. Uh, it doesn't have to be the most recent or newest episode. Um, but then when you start getting involved into LDN, which is still a really, really big topic for patients, I think that's where Nat and Sebastian might be well over a patient's head. Uh, and probably not necessarily the best thing that you would want to share, but really focusing on the patient stories, focusing on the member stories, because I think even the episode with Rennell, uh, as I kind of think back, these are all things that would resonate extremely well with a patient base and a physician base.
3: Yeah. And again, I really just can't overstate the peace of mind that you would have sharing this content and not having to worry about coins making and not having to like gower it for potential regulatory issues or trigger words for the FDA because we've, we have an amazing team here at PCCA that's done all that hard work for you. So it really is a great opportunity.
0: Well, you guys covered a ton of stuff. Is it safe to say that we can probably do a part three down the road?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're in the race. <laughs> Who's ahead of us, Aaron and, and Nat?
0: Aaron and Nat, unfortunately. So you still got some work to do.
3: But yeah, I would love yeah. if, I would love for listeners to share kind of areas that we may have missed or opportunities for us to cover in future episodes, because we just have, we have so many ideas, um, but it would be nice to kind of narrow it down based on what you as listeners want to hear.
0: Well, perfect segue then. So we, we do want to open some type of communication to make sure that, you know, if there's an individual that would love to learn more about this, the, the most ideal resource um, if you are a member of PCCA and you do want to learn more is to reach out directly to your territory manager or inside sales rep. They're going to be the best individuals to, to kind of walk you through, you know, what your next steps are, what your strategy is, where do you need to look for content and do that great walkthrough for you on the members, um, members only website, and then identify some of the key things that are available to you as a member of PCCA through our marketing resources page uh, for further comments or, you know, potential insight or feedback for the podcast. Ashley, I, my assumption is that we, they, we can reach out directly to our social media team directly at PCCA, is that correct? Yes. And besides potentially sending us a message on Facebook or Instagram, is that the best way to reach out to us directly?
2: Yes, Facebook and Instagram, because I do get pinged on those um, as they come in. And that would be a great place for us to kind of interact and that you're active. But if you do not have a social media presence yet, uh, we do have an email account, which will be socialmedia@pccarx.com. at pccarx.com. So many different opportunities to reach out to us.
0: That's awesome. We appreciate you guys sharing that. And like I said, well, thank you so much for doing this kind of expanded, advanced version of what we did on episode 43, because it is probably well needed. And I'm sure our audience definitely appreciates it, given the fact that it, it was an overwhelming response to the first episode, so thank you guys for both coming back.:
3: Thank you for
0: having us. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank as you always, for joining us again. Yeah, and as always, thank you so much to our listeners out there for tuning into this week's episode. as a quick reminder because we will do our social media plug. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, Those are obviously platforms that we've discussed in prior episodes. And uh, of course, please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, thanks again for listening. This is Mike Delisio. Mm